Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, more. Good day to you. It's that wonderful time of year. So we got that going for us. Um, talking money and investing, always fun, right? Any you want to talk about, we can talk about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. The headline news right now is just brutal. Every single day. Um, the headline news on Wall Street, not so bad. What's coming out of Fox and MSNBC, it's pretty rough. Um... Taking a look at Wall Street, we haven't had the best of times recently. So, what's changed the market's mood? It's a big question. You'd have to say that we're unsure right now that anything other than just day to day operations. The House is set to vote on its tax bill today. That has reportedly fostered a sense of optimism in the market. Never mind that the House bill probably won't fly in the Senate in its current form. Walmart, Cisco, NetApp, JM Smucker, Restoration Hardware all had good earnings. Interesting, right? I, I get, and I know you get, Cisco as a publicly traded company and NetApp, and Walmart, one of the biggest companies in the world, right? Isn't it funny sometimes when you stop and go, you can buy JM Smucker? Like the jam people? Yeah, you could buy them. If you think about it, it's almost the perfect way of looking at investing, supply and demand, a grocery store. How much room is there to market your products at a grocery store? Not much. And when you look at the number of food suppliers in the United States and the world, it makes for good investment. They basically dominate the food section. Little M&A uh, action, mergers and acquisition. You like M&A on Wall Street. You like M&A on this radio show, in large part because you're able to put a value on something. You're able to say, this is worth 3 bucks, or this is worth $30, or this is worth $4 of sales, or $10 of earnings. Time is warming up to an acquisition by Meredith Corporation. Emerson raised its bid to buy Rockwell Automation. Typical pattern of late has been that we start kind of weak, um, and things look a little better by the end of the day. I don't really play into that very much. Uh, just been there, done it too long. It's almost like after you know fifteen thousand times saying it, it's like ah, okay, I'll just move on with that one. Export price is a little unchanged. I don't expect you to get excited about exports, imports, exports. It's some of the key statistics that you should be looking for really boil down to you and what works in your head and in 
how much do you need to stuff in there? I'm a pretty big fan of saying that jobs are the most important economic piece of data for a radio show, for a casual investor. And then you start drilling down into some of the other data. And I don't know how much you have to go in that direction. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Some of the data out there today, some of the stories um, that I'm taking a look at. Walmart beats. Now, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, Walmart. You know, At one point in time, Walmart was bigger than competitors two, three, four, and 5 put together. And when you say that, you're like, whoa. So that's not really what we care about with Walmart anymore. We know they're going to sell a lot of junk. We know that they're going to sell a lot of junk and make 2%, 3% margins on it, right? What we never know about Walmart is how are they going to be comparing to Amazon? And some people are frightened to death of Amazon. It's a super mega company. It's like those bad movies, Super Mega Shark. Super Mega Shark versus Robot Octopus. Walmart beat on the top and bottom lines of revenue and earnings, but they had a good online quarter. You don't hear people say that very often. Same-store sales rose for the 13th consecutive quarter. Americans have jobs. It goes back to that piece of economic data. When Americans have jobs, they tend to spend their money, their paychecks. So revenue exploded 50% in e-commerce. Walmart earned an adjusted dollar per share, edging out 98 cents of the estimate. America's largest brick-and-mortar retailer. Same-store sales grew 2.7%. So that's a pretty good sign. And again, when you sell billions of dollars of goods um, and you're growing at 2.7%, that's it's not telling the U.S. GDP is growing at 2.7%, but it's, it's a pretty good sign. So they saw 80 basis points boost to comp sales growth in its e-commerce platform and said impact from hurricanes benefit about 30 to 50 basis points. Isn't that crazy? Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane Irma. You turn on the news and you're like, oh, no, it's tragic. And Wall Street's like, oh, it's good. We need to rebuild stuff. It's funny how you can have just that little bit of slight difference in opinion on how you see the news, and maybe it changes the way you see the world. So the looming threat, going back real quick to Amazon, of the super corporation, uh, there's a lot of M&A deals going on now because uh, Wall Street bankers are going to look at global um, stocks, and they're going to try to figure out how do we keep how do we keep pace with a company like an Amazon. So Emerson Electric up its bid for Rockwell Automation. Qualcomm turned down a $130 billion overture by Broadcom. Brookfield Partners is eyeing, um, picking up some shopping malls. So the year started off with, I would say, uh, the climate, the weather was kind of cold in emerging acquisitions. But the global super corporation like Amazon or Google or Walmart, um, it's got people scared and it's got Wall Street bankers excited. And then you start getting into issues like the president's ability to smack around stocks and beat them up. 
and his you know uh, take on medical devices and biotech companies and pharmaceuticals. It's been a pretty big year of mergers. So, like I said, Broadcom for Qualcomm, Emerson Electric for Rockwell Automation, Vista Energy for Dynergy, United Tech for Rockwell Collins, Gilead Sciences for Kite Pharma, Simper Energy for Energy Future Holdings, Calpine. Um, it's kind of a special situation. Do you remember Calpine a couple of years ago? Geothermal energy. People got really excited about it. And uh, it's just kind of funny because that story kind of came. It did some damage for a while, and then it went away. Different forms of energy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. I'm Rob Black. Big seminar coming up tonight in Los Gatos. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. Um, you can use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. It's in Los Gatos tonight. It's on income and retirement. Go to Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free tonight. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Little sting action. What a voice. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Tesla's stock has been sinking. Tesla's stock sinking. For some reason, that's tough for me to say. Short sellers have been betting on a decline in Tesla's stock. have made almost a billion dollars since the start of October. They're having problems making their cars. Um... I don't like that game of short selling. Uh, There's total reasons to have shorts out there, and I get it. I just don't want to bet against a company. The moment I become right in my head and say something along the lines of like, oh, Tesla stock is way overvalued, it's way overvalued, somebody like Apple is going to buy them. And like, I can't control that. I could look at the company and go, whoa. There's a lot that I don't like about, you know, disappointing earnings reports. Uh, a CEO who you either love or hate, depending on the day sometimes, right? Uh, Elon Musk joked in a recent Rolling Stone profile that short sellers are jerks who want us to die. <laughs> That's pretty out there, in my opinion. Um and he, he sent out a tweet back in June that said something pretty similar, that there's a group of investors who want us to die so bad they can taste it. And I think he taunted the shorts in the beginning part of this year as well when he called for stormy weather in Shortville. Um, just not for me. You know, I, I get it. I could look at companies like Amazon and see how much short interest there is and companies like Apple and Intel and Netflix and it just, to me, it doesn't pay to go short on these companies. Um, it's too dramatic. So it's not my cup of tea. There's a guy named David Tice who is an ultimate bear, and he thinks like Wall Street. And he'll say things like uh, the Dow could go to 4,000. And it's just not my cup of tea. Um, I think that's problematic. It's like Twitter. 
Um, I like Twitter. I think it's it's a pretty good service for news aggregation. I, I don't really have any sort of business relationships with Twitter. I don't really have any sort of friendship relationships on Twitter. But if I'm having problems sleeping, I can go through you know uh, my Twitter feed and take a look at what what's happening in the world. And when there was that horrible shooting in Vegas not too long ago, I went to Twitter first because people were tweeting out news faster than CNN and could grab it in and air- aggregate it. Right now, Twitter's reviewing all of its verified accounts and plans to remove verification from accounts that don't adhere to its new rules. Verified badges won't be given to any accounts until Twitter completely revamps its verification program. Verification has long been perceived by kind of as an endorsement. So they're starting to rethink what that little check mark means. Um, and it's fair to say I think Facebook and Google, Facebook in particular and Twitter a little bit, they're really getting a lot of backlash for what's going on in fake news or news that's bottom paid for with a massive slant. So it's going to be interesting to see how long Silicon Valley stays kind of cool. I think it's growing; it's losing a little bit of its luster right now with the millennials. There's a growing sense that America's tech entrepreneurs are no longer making useful things that solve you know difficult problems. So Silicon Valley is exhibiting some of Wall Street's immoral behaviors of don't be evil. And what I'm seeing is that millennials have different opinions than everyone else. And, you know, America's business hero has become Amazon's Jeff Bezos, not J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon. Wall Street, you know, has this kind of desire. And we're seeing massive innovation in things like Bitcoin and some of the technologies that Wall Street kind of wants to get their hands on. Um, I don't know. I'm, when, I, when I spend some downtime and I stop and look at the Bay Area, and I see people talk about growth metrics, and I see the Louis Vuitton sneakers or the Gucci loafers. Uh, When I see how much people are bragging about how much money they made, it's kind of losing a little bit. And it's like every American has a smartphone now, and that puts us in touch with Facebook, Google, Twitter. Um, So there's danger of what's called co-living, We're not solving a lot of great big problems right now, and we're starting to see people like Al Franken say, we need to get a little bit more regulation potential in Facebook, because Facebook and Amazon, when you start throwing around some of the numbers, it's crazy um, how many billions of people are involved. So we're going to be rethinking a little bit. Um, There was a company in the Bay Area that I think is kind of like the scapegoat, maybe, maybe the problem. Um, instead of innovating for America, Silicon Valley tends to innovate for itself now. That's the thought. Um, what does the world need? A big, bold question if there ever was one, right? And I know last year there was a company that made a $400 juicer um, or a company that will deliver a burrito on command. So there's some problems with this because what we're starting to see is middle-class America struggling more and more with student debt, with sky-high rents, with childcare, with retraining, with retirement. 
and we're not really seeing Silicon Valley tackle those issues. So we love our Millie Bobby Brown. We love our Stranger Things. Uh, but some of the bigger issues are, are a bit, bit out there. So don't forget, i got a big seminar coming up tonight. I'd love to see you out there. Um, it's the last real seminar of the year. Thinking about doing a webinar, but haven't put together all the data in my head on that one yet. So the seminar is going to be in Los Gatos. So I'll head down a little bit later today. Uh, the Toll House Hotel, great hotel. Um, the event is tied towards retirement income strategies and estate planning. So it's going to be tonight, November 16th in Los Gatos. Choosing the right accounts to draw from, social security strategies, the outlook for the markets, measuring risk. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's Rob Black Show. And use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I think it's only a matter of time before I burn out of this job. Before I burn out of the whole Bay Area. It's just not... It's, it's brutally tough. I'm not sure if you're with me or against me on that one, but... Someone who I care enormously for posted on Facebook. Maybe I just need to get off Facebook. That her daughter was in a Broadway show. Off-Broadway. Way off-Broadway. And she got to play the lead... Not the lead character, but a lead, one of the top characters who gets a tap dance solo. And it was one of those songs like, I wish I could tap away my life or something that I go, that sounds horrible. <laughs> like I'm thinking about some person's kid. And I'm thinking like, Broadway shows don't last forever. And I have this like crazy amount of stress on me that like, what do we need to do about tomorrow? And I don't think I have the answer for it. I, I tried to do the show where I'm like, Okay, get a good education, personal finance, use your tax fund, refund to get a grip on your credit card debt. Uh, where is my tax refund? Things like that. I try to use this show to get people ready for the future, to get ready for retirement. And I don't think it's as easy as it sounds because I get a little stressed when I see someone's Facebook post. Now, I'm not one of those people who gets depressed and like, Oh, good God, Jared's in Hawaii again. And, oh, let's see a gratuitous picture of his wife on the beach. Oh, yeah, she's yeah, she's great. She's got a lot of work there and on that. Like, I don't get depressed about that. I get depressed about, like, the future of our kids. Like, I've got a niece who I love enormously, but she hasn't got a job yet. And she's been out of college for a year and a half. And her Facebook posts are like, look at me, I'm in Europe. Look at me, I'm, you know, with my old buddies back at college. Look at me. And I'm like, let's see, look at you when you get you that job. Because mommy and daddy's money runs out. So I stressed a little bit. So I think I'm going to burn out eventually. And uh, when I do, you can always find me at Rob, robblack.com. I'm either going to buy a, a mountain place or a beach place. And uh, if it's a mountain place, watch out, I'm going to set booby traps, right? Uh, maybe beach place. I'm going to sit on the beach with my toes in the sand. If everybody had an ocean across the US I won't have my own ocean, then but I will sit on the beach. Like so this show kind of stresses me out a little bit because like, I'll even talk to my board op 
And I'll go, Mike, 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 you got enough saved up for retirement. How you doing? And he's like, well, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Um, well, I mean, I'm doing okay. And there's people I, I see, like, who are not him, but others who are like, are you living with your mom and dad in their garage their whole life? And the answer might be yes. And for some reason, that makes me sad. That, like, that, that it's a stress to me. So please note that I do the show because I really want to get a lot of people to retirement in a healthy, pushing kind of way. And the best way to do that is max out your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Then after that, you need to start looking at your expenses. Are you buying a lot of plastic guns? Throw them away. Your kids don't really need them. I had a friend this weekend talk to me about parenting. And he goes, so what do I do? My kid has like two cars in the house. I'm like, okay. Well, let's start with that. Cars should be outside the house. Because my two, kid has two cars in the house. And, um, it's not my fault. I want to take one of the two cars away from him. But do I talk to him and go, hey, little two-and-a-half-year-old, uh, we're going to give your car to charity. We're going to give it to some other kid. Now. <laughs> or do you just take it out in the middle of the night and he goes, where's my car? And my answer was just love him and get rid of the car. And uh, if your kid's got that voice, now you've done something wrong leading up to that and work on that. I just think we, we live in a world of too much materialism that like is costing us our retirement. So uh, the John Cusack say anything was kind of funny um, in the sense like, do you remember when he's standing outside and, uh, I think her name was Ioni Sky. Um, her room, and he's playing uh, "In Your Eyes," and that's like an amazing love song. And you're like, uh, it's not an amazing love song. It's a song about in your eyes I see the door of a thousand churches. It's the eyes of Christ. Like anytime you see like Jesus Christ painted, it's all about the eyes on some levels. Um, and Peter Gable is like, if you want to use the song as a love song as you can, but it's not a love song of like that kind of love song. It's a love song for, you know, the eyes of Christ. Um, and I'm not taking away from find whatever you want in a song, but one of my favorite lines ever in the movie, say anything, it, it still haunts me a little bit was when Lloyd Dobler said, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So I get a little stressed out when I think about people's future because Lloyd needs to get a job. Um, At the same time, he's the most original, authentic. He just wants to love a woman, sit on the beach and put his toes in the sand. I don't know, I can't figure it out tonight, so I'm just going to do with your daughter. That's a little Lloyd Dobler for you. And, uh, you know, the goal of this show is to get people, all people, to retirement with someone that they love. To get people, all people, to retirement so they can be great-grandparents. To get people, all people, to have some dignity in retirement. So, um, 1989, say anything. So... Back when the trench coat was kind of cool to wear. Not so sure that it is today. So what does retirement mean to you? It's a funny thing. Because some people have no idea in any way, shape, or form what that means. And I think they're in for a shock. I was talking to a neighbor. And uh, he retired maybe two or three months ago. And I go, how you doing, George? 
and he's like, doing great, doing great. Retirement's awesome. And I said, that's funny because um, I know a lot of people who struggle with that first, you know, year. He's like, ah, I went to two Yankee games, and um, so he was a New Yorker from the Bronx, and uh, I guess he went down to Florida, and then he went up to New York or something like that. And uh, I'm like, okay, good, good. So he, he is enjoying it, and he's like, I don't know how I ever worked when I have so much to do. That's a great, great kind of retirement. Not everyone gets there. So he's staying busy in retirement. His wife, uh, I'm not going to say her name because it's pretty unique. Um, When she retired a few years back, she was kind of a government worker, a city worker. And she kind of doubled up on yoga and doubled up on exercise and doubled up on staying fit and and moving around. Um, I don't know what my retirement looks like. I know that I'm getting a little burned out. I know that the stress of seeing people, you know, put 50, 60% of their pay into something. It's not fun to see. Um, I saw something on the millennials recently that the millennials are giving up on San Francisco. And I I went like, no doubt, right? Um, It's just too expensive. And I don't mind the expensive part because I've done well on that side. Um, But I start looking at other people. And when you look at other people, you're like, I feel bad for them. Like I said, my friend whose daughter is in a, in a, a musical, I love it. That's a validation that you know all your hard work in theater paid off. But I also go, there ain't a lot of money in musicals unless you are, um, I don't even know who the famous Broadway show person is, Mendoza, um, uh, who, who's the woman who sings Wicked? <laughs> so... Uh, you can see how much I care about Broadway at this point in time. But I was reading a story that said 46% of millennials living in San Francisco say they're ready to leave the nation's hottest rental market. And that tells me it's probably time to sell and move on. Like everyone's kind of burned out. Because millennials are the people who will throw money at Dina Mazel. And Dina Mazel, um, we're flying higher. In gravity! Uh, Cute musical, but I want to base a career on it. So 46% of millennials are leaving. No, no. 46% of millennials living in San Francisco want to leave. Um, Now, millennials now 18 to 39. And they're the people who throw money at almost anything. They're like, Austin, Texas? I want to go. Austin loves me. Um, Elbow? Elbow's coming from Europe and they're playing in the United States. I want to go see Elbow. Cost of living was the biggest motivating factor, with 65% of millennials surveyed saying that it's, it's, it's tough. Losing our youth is a very bad economic and social strategy for San Francisco and the Bay Area. When they leave, the housing market needs other people. See, the housing market always needs the next mom. Um, you live in a good community. You want someone else to go, I want to live in that community one day. And they kind of step up and they replace the, the grandparent sells to their kid who sells to their grandkid kind of thing. You kind of need some sort of stratus, some sort of like thing that works on a level. And millennials want to leave San Francisco. Sell me a lot of burnout. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 
I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I want to talk a little bit about making money on the side. And you and I both know a fireman. Mm-hmm. And I won't bring up his name because it starts getting a little bit too close. Um, but he's one of those people that's been a listener of the show for years. And he's benefited from, you know, not making mistakes. One of the things I try to do is I try to teach people, you know, max up the 401k, the 403b, the 457. He's going to get a nice pension later in life. Um, I get the feeling he's going to be pretty darn wealthy because he continues to make smart decisions or savvy decisions. And he takes chances. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest things that I could throw out there if this is the last segment that I would do on the show is that sometimes you have to expose your money to chances. Um, in his case, he bought, he's always been into Airbnb because his lifestyle is pretty, you know, I work four straight days and I have four days off. And when you work in the Bay Area, you happen to have a piece of property that a lot of people from around the world would come and say, ooh, it's cheaper than a hotel and I get a stove. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are pretty pleased with that. And this has been a guy who's taken chances and moved in the right direction. Um, he sold his home in San Francisco. Is that right? And he bought one in Tahoe. Um, so he's not going to get the appreciation out of San Francisco going forward, which, again, is pretty nice. Um it seems, and I hate saying this out loud, it seems like if you have money, you can make money. I've made more money in the Bay Area real estate than I have in Portland or Raleigh. Even though I've owned Portland and Raleigh for three times as long. So it's that leverage here, which has helped me on the upside, but it could have been on the downside, too. I've known more people go bankrupt. I mean, he, he could have also seen the sign of the times and uh, taken the equity and, and moved to where he wanted to. Um you know, his lifestyle definitely fits a lot of flexibility when it comes to uh, the choices he made in real estate. And I think that people, I think he looked out of the box. I don't, you know, and you can call that savvy uh, and taking chances, but he looked out of the box and, you know, using Airbnb on the, I mean, you know, eight, ten, twelve thousand $12,000 a year extra, that's, that's money in your pocket. You, know, you pay a little bit of taxes on it. You have to put it on your tax returns, which we see these all the time. Um, but that helps with the mortgage payment. That helps make you know a little bit easier saying. And he's picking the right places too. He, it's it's not like he has a Airbnb. He had one in San Francisco. Right now he has one in Tahoe. And this is a I think a very out of the box and savvy move. Um, and I think it's a, a I think it's what the next generation of home buyers will start thinking about. I think Airbnb is fantastic if your community allows it. I think a lot of communities are going to start. Saying no, I mean, we we I did an Airbnb down in Santa Cruz, and I'm looking at this like, oh, it's okay, the price is right. And then I got to, uh, I called the guy. He's like, okay, well, don't go to that address that's on Airbnb. You have to go to this address, and it was in a gated community. They just don't tell anybody if they ask you that you're right. doing Airbnb. Just say you're visiting from out of town. But it was right on the beach. But he can't advertise it, so he has to advertise a different address, which is kind of weird. But it um, is kind of weird that you have to do these loopholes because you're going to get caught eventually. He, he hasn't yet, and I'm going to use this place again because it's right on the beach. You can watch whales and all that good stuff in the, in the bay. I think watching whales is overrated. I'd rather watch it them is, on but it's, it's pretty cool when you can sit on your balcony and watch whales jump. Oh, there's a whale right there. I'd rather see a beached whale than a watching a whale go on <laughs> down. No, you, actually talking, get, you actually get to see it. Yeah, it's a little bit more East Coast beach whales than it is. Well, and, and again, that's a horrible thing to say out loud, but I prefer um, you know those but that's Earth Planet kind of things, shows. Myself. Let's go to a phone call. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. Ziri in Oakland? Yes. Hi. Hi. 
speaking about low crime areas, uh, calling from Oakland. So uh, I had a question. Been enjoying your program this morning, and uh, and especially what you talked about earlier, retirement was very pertinent to me. Um, I um, I've been looking at this. Uh, I bought some Shopify stock earlier this year, and. Uh, it's a company that I've actually I've been a customer, and I was really blown away by the customer service. And I just, you know, I bought it more on a feeling. And it's We're running out of time. Really, We're running out of time. Really, yeah. I'm just wondering, what do you think? It's kind of overvalued now. I was thinking about adding more. What's your thoughts about that? I've never run into Shopify in any way, shape, or form. I haven't run into the stock. I haven't run into the service. So you're the first person to ever bring it up to me. Um, thanks for the call. Shopify, one analyst at Wedbrush calls it an $85 stock. He thinks the company is going to continue to grow um, above e-commerce mark growth rates for the sort of foreseeable future. He believes the current expectations imply subscriber counts of about 400,000, creating a possible scenario of upside to numbers. Um, I've never heard of it. Um, I don't know it from Jack. It's currently around $71, and there's some commentary out there about potentially them being acquired. So some M&A circulation activity. Amazon for Shopify is the idea on the acquisition. So I think there's probably some upside as long as that continues to be the the story out there um, that they could be acquired. If you take a look at the stock, it's been fantastic. Um, It's been a strong supporter in good markets and bad markets and sideways markets. Um, It's been a slow and steady uh, gainer. So um, is there unlimited upside? Probably not. Uh, You're not talking about a company that has a good valuation. It's not earning money is what I'm trying to say. So it's it's tough to say, ooh, I see this one going to the the moon. Boom, 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 we're going to the moon. That's not going to happen. Um, it's got a PE of about 630 times next year's earnings. That's way too high. Um, but it's growing, and that's the story. As long as they have the revenue, Wall Street will, will forgive it. So will Amazon acquire them? I don't know. Um, I'm intrigued. I'll take a look at Shopify later um, because I don't know the service. I, and I kind of wish that I did. Tony, you ever hear of Shopify? Not really. I thought he, I thought it was Spotify, but there you go. Yeah, that's I've never heard of it. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. If you want to get a loan, if you want to talk about what uh, our firefighter friend has done, you can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource dot com. It's BayAreaLoanSource dot com. You can find me at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. 